Jacob settled down in Canaan in the land of his father and had 12 sons. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, (laughs) Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Ezekiel, Zebulun, Joseph, and Benjamin. Our story begins when things got ugly over Joseph, the favourite son, who was 17 at the time. Now Joseph was helping his brothers tend the flocks of sheep, and he brought back bad reports of of his brothers to his father. I say brothers, but they were really his half-brothers. Only Joseph, wave, (laughs) and little Benjamin... (laughs) <laughs> we're, born. <laughs> we're born to Jacob's beloved wife, Rachel. Because of this, the old man loved Joseph more than the others and made him a beautiful coat of many colours. Hey guys, how's my new coat? When his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than any of them, they hated Joseph with a passion. Boy, One day, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. They hated him even more. We hated him even more. He said, Hey guys, listen, I had a dream. We were all like out in the fields binding up sheaves of wheat. And get this, all of a sudden, my sheep stood straight up and your sheaves curled around and bowed down to mine. So, you're going to rule us? Is that it? What are you saying? That you're going to boss us around? And they hated him even more than ever because of his dreams and the way he talked. They hated him even more. We hated him even more. Joe. He had another dream and told it as well. And you know what? I dreamed another dream too. In this one, the sun and the moon and even 11 stars bowed down to me. When he told it to his father and brothers, even his father reprimanded him. What is it with this dream? Are your mother and your brothers and I supposed to bow down to you? Now, his brothers were really jealous. Jealous. But his father, Jacob, brooded over the whole business. Things were about to get a lot worse for Joseph, but that's another story. Let me tell you a story. There was once a six-year-old boy who couldn't sing properly. But his parents really wanted him to learn how to sing. And so they asked the local church choir mistress if she'd teach the boy how to sing. The choir mistress agreed. And so for three months, every Wednesday night, during one autumn, from 6.30 till 8.30, the boy 
would go with his dad to learn how to sing with the choir. It just so happened that this choir was pretty good. And every year it would do choir concerts, which lots of people would come to. The particular concert that they were doing that year was Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dream Court. The boy desperately wanted to be part of this choir. And so he sang with all of his heart, learning all the songs, because it was his dream just to be part of the choir that Christmas. About a week before Christmas, the choir mistress had to decide, had the six-year-old boy's voice improved enough to be part of the choir? And so she asked him to do a solo in front of a few members of the choir. The boy sang with all his heart. It was his dream to be part of this choir. And like Claudio Ranieri last week, his dream died. And he was scratched from the choir. And all during that Christmas time as the choir sang Joseph, he was watching from the curtain side. The reason I know so much about that six-year-old boy's story is I was that six-year-old boy. But as you know, my voice has improved significantly since then. (laughs) Listen, I've had a second person tell me what a wonderful voice I've, singing voice I've got. Haven't I, Justin? Yeah? This could be taken the wrong way, but I sang a lovely melody to Justin down the phone. That could be really taken the wrong way, couldn't it? (laughs) So we won't go any further than that. But anyway, we're thinking this morning about dreams. And particularly the question, God, what is your dream for me at this stage of my life? Because we all have dreams. All of us have dreams, whether we're a young boy of six, whether we're an old man of 86. We all have dreams. And so what I want us to think about this morning is this. Is the dream that we're following the moment or the life that we're living, is it a God dream? Is it the one that God wants us to do? Because in Joseph, there's a song, isn't there? If you know the the musical, can we play it now? I closed my eyes, drew back the curtain to see for certain what I thought I knew far, far away. Someone was weeping, waiting. any dream will do. Any dream will do Any dream will do It's amazing what you remember from six, when you're six years old, old, isn't it? Word for word. You still remember the song. I think I need therapy afterwards, but we won't go there. You know, that's one of the most famous songs in Joseph. And I want to say to you this morning, any dream won't do for your life. You see, this is how it was put in Ephesians. This is how God speaks to each one of us, if we put the words up now. It's in Christ that we find out who we are 
and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs for us, for his glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and every one. You see, God has a dream for each of our lives. And he doesn't just have one. He has ones at various different stages of our life. And so we're just going to think this morning very quickly for an ABC guide. This is so simple. You can learn this when you're five of how you find out what is my God dream for me? What is the dream that God has for me at this stage of your life? The A stands for ask. If we don't ask God, we'll never find out what it is. But God has a dream for each one of us. One of the main ways that we find out what our dream is, is through reading the Bible. That's why I say to you, read the Bible every day. Because God will just, you'll just be reading some obscure passage and he'll just make it alive for you. The reason I'm standing here is because 13 years ago, I was just reading this book. And there was a particular story that just came alive for me at that particular time. And that's why 13 years later, I'm standing here. Another reason, another way that God will speak to you about finding out your dream is this. He'll build up some sort of passion in you. That you'll find some sort of thing that you'll just think is not right in the world. That you, you get frustrated about or you get perplexed about, or you get worried about because you see some sort of injustice and you think, that can't be right. And so you have to change your life. And you live your life as a result to try and change that thing that you think is wrong. Now, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because that, I've just described some of you. Haven't I? You saw some sort of injustice in the world and you thought that can't be right. And so you were compelled to do something different. And of course, God just doesn't have dreams when we're five or when we're six or when we're teenagers or when we're 21. God has dreams for us all through our lives. Because otherwise, if you think about it, you know, sometimes when you get to 65 and it's time for retirement, they say you can put your feet up and everything like that. If God didn't have a dream for you at your life at 65, well, it's all downhill from there, isn't it? If you think about it, and actually it makes a mockery of, of this verse. And afterwards I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men and read old women will dream dreams. And your young men and young women will, will see visions. You have to ask. The B stands for believe. We have to dream dreams that are destined for failure without God's intervention. Otherwise, it's not a dream, is it? We have to dream dreams that are destined for failure without God's intervention. We should never limit God with our dreams. There was a man in 1964, and he decided to just buy up some wasteland. And he kept buying up this wasteland. It was useless for nothing. It was just marshland. It was boggy. You couldn't do anything with it. And he wanted to keep it a secret what he was doing. So he kept buying up more and more land around there until it was completely and utterly nobody knew what he was doing. And he wanted to keep it a secret. So what he did was he bought it in different people's name. He ended up buying 27,000 acres of land. 
That's a lot of land. In 1971, he opened what is still today this place. The world's biggest theme resort. Here's the thing about Walt Disney. Walt Disney died in 1966. Five years before that place was built. But he knew exactly how it was going to look. Even though he died before he saw it happen. We have to dream dreams that are destined for failure. And then it's only God who intervenes. And here's the next one. The C stands for change. Your dreams will change you. Joseph's dreams, as we'll see over these next five weeks, changed him. He went from this arrogant, obnoxious teenager, because we've all been arrogant and obnoxious teenagers, haven't we? It's just a trait of being a teenager. He went from being an arrogant, obnoxious teenager to this great leader. His dreams changed him. His dream that he saw of this bundle of corn and his brothers bowing down to him. His dream that he saw of those stars and the sun and the moon bowing down to him changed him. But not as he was expecting. Things didn't go according to plan in his life as we'll see all through this series. And that's because of this verse here. There's a lovely verse in the book of Proverbs. We make our own plans, but the Lord decides where we will go. We make our own plans, and even we might say, God, you've given me a dream, and I know exactly how it's going to work. It's going to do that, and that, and that, and that, and it's all going to be wonderful. And then God says, this is how it's going to be. This is the steps you're going to take. A, B, C. Why don't we stand together, and we'll sing our next song.